Today's episode is going to be focused on extreme thinking. So you might have heard of this described a little differently. You probably have heard it talked about and called black and white thinking or all or nothing thinking or binary thinking. They're all the same thing. Thinking and extremes, extreme thinking, they all mean the same thing. Now, I want to dig into this, deconstruct it a little bit, and then kind of talk about how it shows up and presents itself, not just in our relationships, but also on social media. So let's start off by defining this a little bit for you. Thinking in extremes is basically like thinking in absolutes. So it's either all this or it's all that, and there is no in between, right? So that's kind of why the the easiest way to go about explaining it is to say black and white thinking because it's either black or it's white and there's no gray area. When you hear people like myself or anyone else that you follow that does this talk about context and nuance, what we're doing is we're pulling you away from extreme thinking. We're talking about the gray area that in many instances, especially online, is not often addressed. So the next question is, why do people think in extremes? And the answer to that is pretty straightforward. They think in extremes to protect themselves. They think in extremes because it feels safer than trying to navigate the nuance and the context. So in other words, It happens when they feel threatened or it happens when they feel like they can't trust themselves or they can't trust the situation or they can't trust another person or they can't trust their judgment of the situation or they're so untrusting of themselves, they're disconnected from what they think, feel, believe, value. Therefore, they don't know what to do. So they go to the extreme and that provides them this temporary feeling of safety. A lot of times you'll see that extreme thinking come out when somebody has not done any inner work. So they haven't really self-explored. They haven't done any growth. They haven't acquired new ways to cope or self-advocate, communicate, whatever it is. So they'll be in a situation where in the past they don't like what they did or they don't like what they experienced and they remember their part in it, right? They remember what they did or said in that moment. And now, because they didn't do that work to self-reflect, to process, to change behaviors, so they didn't do that inner work. But now they're in a different situation and they're remembering that time where let's say they never spoke up for themselves in the past. So now what they're going to do is they're going to overcompensate and they're going to speak up about every single little grievance they have, right? 
So when you've heard me say specifically, yep, the pendulum will swing, like naturally, the pendulum will swing in in the opposite direction that it once was in until you learn to balance it out. That is where that extreme thinking comes in. The pendulum will swing because you know, well, this didn't work back then, so I'll just do the exact opposite. You also hear it come out (laughs) in a lot of people who say, I don't want to be like my mother. I don't want to be like my father. And so they, again, they don't take the steps to actually understand, connect, and learn well, what was it that mom or dad or the caregiver was doing that you didn't love and you don't want to become? What was it? Let's identify it. Let's connect with it. Let's see how it impacted you mentally, emotionally, physically, behaviorally. Let's then identify and commit to improved behaviors for yourself. Instead of doing that work, they find it easier. They find it easier. To just go, well, mom, dad, whoever did this, I'll just do the exact opposite. I didn't like how I was raised this way. I'm going to do the exact opposite. Well, that's missing so much when you do it that way. It's also not healthy because you just went from one extreme to the next. And the way that is balanced, the way that is healthy the way that is actually sustainable is in that middle, is in that gray area. Now, other than self-protection, self-preservation, right, safety, the reason that a lot of people struggle to find that gray area, right, balance things out for themselves, their decision-making, their belief system, their behaviors, is because that requires extra work on yourself. And quite frankly, a lot of people in the world find it easier to do the action steps when it comes to external factors, right? Like, I have a problem with this person, so I'll address it with this person. And they'll skip the whole part in which they could reflect on that and look for an opportunity to grow. Instead, they might revert to a quick like conversation and then blame, projection, deflection, or on the other side of the coin, communication, conflict resolution, repair. But again, you could do those things, healthy or not, and still skip the part where you self-reflect. And ultimately, that problem will come up down the road again and again and again. In other words, extreme thinking is a natural step of the healing process. You're always going to go to extremes before you balance yourself out. A lot of people get stuck in the extreme type of thinking because they don't want to do that inner work to balance things out. It's work. It's easier to just keep going, right? It's easier if I'm feeling anxious and I have a very busy life. It's easier to just 
move and and go and do and do and do and do instead of take deep breaths, slow down, maybe sit, meditate, be present, right? To do the thing that you really need to do can be difficult when you've got momentum going in the opposite direction. So we see extreme thinking with people who are coming out of bad relationships, uh, traumatic relationships, abusive relationships. We see extreme thinking at any uh, person's first step into a healing process, typically. It's very common. But where do we see it when somebody is really committed or addicted to doing, to functioning that way? Where do we see it? We see it a lot in the online space. Now, I've did a few podcast interviews recently. And one that I did the other day, a conversation I was having with the host was about the dangers of mental health information on social media and how there are people out there who talk about mental health in ways in which they perpetuate this all or nothing uh, extreme type of thinking. And that type of content can get a lot of engagement and a lot of likes because it's quicker and easier to digest, mainly because it eliminates the personal accountability aspect, the self-honesty aspect, the self-reflective aspect. In other words, it's content (laughs) that says things like this, and you've seen it, you've heard it, you know it. It says things like, if you feel anxious in their presence, they're toxic, block them. I'm sorry, no, 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 no. It's way more complex than that. <laughs> or you see it when it says, uh, if they can't respect you, they're show- it's showing you how they feel about you. They're no good for you. Get rid of them. Break up with them. Whatever it is. No, none of that is accurate. Number one, there's, again, so much more nuance to this conversation. But when... Somebody wants to deliver you a little snippet of information and garner the attention that they're wanting on their page or their piece of content. All they have to do is remove context and nuance and boom, all the numbers skyrocket. Now, content like that can be incredibly validating for somebody who's in the midst of a situation and they don't know what to do. So they see something that is so cut and dry on social media and they take it and run with it. The problem or the dangers that are attached to this are then you get groups of people following content like this that are now kind of 
sitting in an echo chamber of, you know, like confirmation bias where they start to all chirp in the comments and say things like, yeah, if that person's toxic, you cut them off. And it's like, (laughs) number one, if you're cutting everybody out of your life immediately, the second you're disgruntled, the second you're angry, the second you're frustrated, upset, hurt, sad, confused, resentful, whatever, you are thinking in extremes. You're reacting in extremes. That shows me you don't feel safe with yourself or your decision making. So you don't trust yourself and you probably don't trust other people. You're lacking the tools to communicate effectively or set a boundary or respect yourself. And in order to self-protect and self-preserve from the perceived threat, you immediately cut people off or self-reject. It's not helpful. It borders on victim marketing. And so I've, I was having this conversation with the podcast host, right? And it got me thinking that kind of is what steered me towards talking about extreme thinking because I realized how intertwined they really are. And something that really weighs on my heart heavily is seeing people get stuck in these cycles, especially when they're looking for help online, they fall for this content. They take bad advice because it's bad advice, guys. And then they use it in their life. And a lot of people have ended up becoming clients of mine and sharing with me, oh, I was following all of these pages on this type of topic. And they all told me to cut off my father because of the way he acts. And I'm so happy that I didn't listen to it, but I was this close to doing it, Amy, because you taught me how to communicate and set boundaries. And now my entire relationship with my father has changed because you taught me the tools and the skills to do that, to respect myself. To be able to have a relationship with someone who, yeah, maybe isn't 100% agreeable, who maybe gives a little pushback, who maybe has some unresolved issues. We all do. We all have stuff. But anyone encouraging an immediate, "Mm, cut them off, cut them off, cut them off. And that's like one example out of many, right? Like if you struggle with this, you are this, right? And they throw a, a, a label or a title or a diagnosis at you. I'm not against being diagnosed. I've been diagnosed. I'm not against other forms of therapy at all. I 100% support it. What I'm against is people identifying with their pain to the point where they victimize themselves. What I'm for is empowering people That in spite of their title, in spite of their diagnosis, in spite of the label, you don't have to identify with it to the extent in which it becomes your full identity and it shapes your entire life. You can take it as feedback. 
use it as validation for what you've been feeling or experiencing, and continue to equip yourself with the right tools to have a healthy, balanced life and secure, safe relationships. Something that I really, really, really thought was profound that this podcast host asked me, and don't worry, I'll, I will most definitely share the episode on my social media when it comes out. It's not out yet. I just did the interview the other day, but this individual asked me a lot of really great questions that I've never been asked before, and I appreciated it so much. But one of the questions they asked me, which really got me thinking after I even got off the interview, was... If you could <laughs> if you could take away one type of social media like content in the mental health field, what would it be and why? And if you could really push, right, advertise, promote uh, a certain kind of content in the mental health field online, what would it be and why? Now, I only want to talk about what I said I would really promote and encourage and, and, and uh, teach, right? And that is content that actually equips people with the skills and the tools that foundationally they need that are going to help them navigate the challenges, the struggles, the diagnoses that they encounter later in life. Because without being equipped, what happens is you just have a collection of information online that is incredibly validating, but we only need validation to a certain extent until we then are ready to take that next step. So So the validation is wonderful, but when that's where it ends, that's where the information ends, like here's why you're feeling this way, you're not alone, here's why you're behaving this way, like you're probably going to feel this way when you encounter X, Y, and Z in your life or a relationship, that's helpful. It's helpful to to self-qualify yourself, right? It's helpful to get that education, that information. I do it. I provide that information. But there's something that I always do at the end of every post of mine that I pay attention and I don't see a lot of. I see some of and I follow those people. So validation is essential. But staying stuck in the validation stage is what commonly happens for a lot of people searching for support online when they land in the wrong place, when they're just looking at numbers, right? Or letters after somebody's name. And so I was having, we had this whole conversation on this podcast about how I said, you know, at the end of the day, being able to discern who you follow is really important Because, again, a lot of people are pushing out content that keeps you in a victim mindset, keeps you stuck in that validation stage. So you go and you read it and then you go into the comments because you're like, yeah, that's me. That makes sense. That felt good, which is great. But then you go into the comments and you get everybody else's story, right? And then the next post goes up. 
and it's the same thing. And suddenly there's an entire community of people that are not actually being equipped with tools. They're just getting fed information that has them feeling seen and heard, which is a good thing, but only a good thing when it's leading you towards tools and growth. So when, and well, like, hold on. How does this connect to this extreme thinking that I'm talking about? Well, when you end up on these pages on social media, right, and you're just getting that validation over and over and over and over and over again, it's not moving you through your emotions. It's just valid. You're just staying put. It's just validating where you're at, validating what you're feeling currently or what you went through previously. And so it doesn't actually support you in finding a way to balance your mindset or balance your behavior. In other words, it gives you a very black and white type of understanding of what's happening it doesn't provide you any context. It doesn't provide you any nuance. So it doesn't educate you and equip you to actually heal. So now let's just circle back so we can like bring home the whole episode here. Like, where are you even going with this, Amy? You trailed off. I didn't trail off. <laughs> I swear. It's all connected. What I want my goal in every episode is not just to talk about a topic, just to talk about it for the sake of talking about it. <laughs> my purpose in bringing up certain topics is to educate, right? Is to bring awareness to help you better understand so you don't have a sense of confusion or anxiety around certain things, right? So to make you feel seen, to make you feel heard, to validate you. But I can't live with myself without giving you a tool, without giving you a step in the right direction, without equipping you with something or uh, here's what you're going to need to do to change this if you find yourself doing this. Now, number one, if you find that you're somebody who follows accounts online that is perpetuating victim marketing in your direction, keeping you stuck right? Telling you basically what you're lacking. Talking about how broken you are over and over and over and over and over again without that missing piece that is so essential of saying you might feel broken, but here, let me empower you. Let me equip you. Let me support you. Let me guide you. Let me motivate you. Let me inspire you. You know what I'm talking about now that I laid it out that way. If you're following the things that are just constantly keeping you staying put in the same mindset you entered into it with, instead of feeding you anything to move through, then number one, obviously ask yourself, what am I looking for when I follow this stuff? And is it actually helping me? Maybe it makes me feel seen and heard and maybe I get my guidance elsewhere. But if you're getting your guidance from a different account from what is making you feel seen and heard, 
then we have to then bring into question you're you're hearing it from two different perspectives. That's two different people providing you information, which can get a little sticky. When you get it from one person, you're getting one clear mindset. You're not getting confusing messages. That's what happens. Like a lot of people have gone to years of therapy and then sign up to work with me privately. And they're like, well, my last therapist said this and I worked with a coach over here and they said that, okay, and that's fair and, and that's fair and that's fair and that's fair. You chose not to work with them anymore. So now we're gonna work off of what is present and active right now. And you are trusting my voice, my perspective, my tools, my guidance. So I'm going to give all of that to you and we're going to have one clear message feeding you this information. If you're going to dabble over here and dabble over here, by all means you can do that, but you have to have the skill set to discern. Because if you don't know how to discern, it's going to become this black and white, is Amy right or is that person on the internet right? This is all or nothing, all or nothing, black or white, black or white. No, not helpful. So if you find yourself following or working with, I don't know, reading, whatever, whatever it is, whatever the thing is you're turning to, talking to somebody, and they're only, they're only making you feel validated, they're only making you seen, feel seen and heard, again, all great things, all necessary steps, but if that's all they're doing and they're not equipping you, it's important to self-check and ask yourself, what am I needing from this? What am I wanting from this? Is this even serving me? Or is it keeping me stuck in an echo chamber and keeping me in this mindset where I identify too much with my pain and therefore I don't grow? So I just live in this space with everybody else and we all commiserate and I don't grow. This is one of the big reasons why in a lot of my courses, I don't do a community element. I really, really, really weigh the pros and cons of like putting together a group aspect, right? Like here, you can all join a Facebook group. You can all chat with each other. Like as nice as it sounds on the surface, when you consider the content, when you consider the mindset or the struggles people are at when they enter into a program, and then you put them all in a group, you think to yourself, is this gonna benefit them or not? Or are they gonna trauma bond, right? And I have to consider that whole gray area. It can't just be, oh, this sounds nice, let's do that. Like, again, the pendulum, right? Oh, I haven't done a community element, let me do a community element. And then you put them all in there and they're all triggering each other and then they're looking at you going, what the fuck? What the fuck? The other thing I want you to pay attention to is are you somebody in your life right now who thinks in extremes? Because here's your solution. Let me give it directly to you, okay? You're thinking in extremes because you don't trust yourself. You don't trust yourself. You don't feel safe with yourself. You don't feel safe in your belief system. You don't feel safe in your perspective or your judgment of a person or a situation. There's a million and one reasons why. Obviously, I just put out a course on it, but the doors are closing today. So you can always join a wait list. 
That's not why I'm talking about this, though, just so we're clear. I'm talking about it because I've been having countless conversations about it. You don't trust yourself. You don't believe yourself. You struggle to agree with yourself. You could have been through a traumatic situation. You might not have. You, it doesn't matter. If you find you're thinking with an all or nothing type of mindset, you lack self-trust. And in order to build self-trust, you need to practice several different things. One of them is getting clear on what you actually think, feel, believe, perceive, value. Okay? So that's not just, let me, let me work in my head space. It's also, let me get in touch with my body. What do I feel? Like, what are the body-based sensations I feel in this environment around this person? And then let me discern, is this a trauma response, right? Is this just my nervous system remembering some past event that felt unsafe? Or is this person actually unsafe? And the way you discern goes back, loops back to being able to identify your values. If I can't identify, I don't like this behavior I don't value this. I don't respect this. This makes me feel unsafe. If I can't do that, then those body-based sensations are going to be really confusing for you. That's where you're going to end up in situations where you're constantly asking yourself, is it my gut or my trauma? Is this my intuition or my trauma? I don't know. Somebody else tell me. Your thinking, your, your need to think in extremes comes from a lack of safety within yourself your mind and your body. And if you don't feel safe with you, you're going to go to an extreme to protect you when you feel threatened. It's that simple, okay? It's, it's really that simple. And so that's why I wanted to equip and educate on the broader aspects of what can perpetuate this, which is like online content or whatever you're reading, listening to, talking to. Because if you don't know all the ways in which it can come at you and keep you in that mindset or keep you in that way of coping, then you're going to end up in situations where you, you know, cut people off too quickly or immediately swing that pendulum in the opposite direction and because you're following content online with a million followers that are all in the same echo chamber as you going, yeah, do it, do it. Yeah, that's right. Right. But there's no context being applied. It's like the people who are like, hey, Amy, they've, they've never, they've never worked with me. Right. They end up in a DM or a comment. Hey, Amy, what do I do if my husband is doing this? I can't answer that for you. I can't answer that for you. I have 105 more questions <laughs> before I remotely consider giving you advice and guidance and any of my expertise. And I'm happy to ask you those questions when we're sitting down privately and there's there's confidentiality instilled because blanket advice, oh, just do this. Oh, just do that. Oh, just ignore him. You ever listen to dating advice online sometimes? It's awful. 
there are literal people out there with millions of followers saying things like, uh, <laughs> saying things like, well, de like deliberately wait this amount of days before you send a text. But if you don't hear from him, like this blanket advice, you don't know every person in the world and how they function. There's so much more. To, to why people behave the way they behave. It's it's not, oh, if she's a woman, she does this, or, or if they're a man, they do that. It's, it's not like that. There's so much more that goes into it. Their life experiences, their stress levels, the environments they frequent, the, their nervous system and how regulated it is, their upbringing. Like, boy, I could make a million episodes on this topic alone. Your takeaway. If you're thinking in extremes, you're lacking self-trust. If you're lacking self-trust, what you need to be working on, what you want to sit down immediately and start doing is getting clear on what is true for you. What are your values? What is like you, you're, you're turning the volume up on the voice in your head and turning the volume down on all of the other voices that have shaped you, molded you, offered unsolicited advice to you. You have to get in touch with you to start to then discern and sift and sort through, here's where I stand on this. This is what I feel about this. This is what I want with this. Will there be some, I don't know, I'm not sure, I have no answer, I don't care? Yes. But you just need to get clear on the things that you can get clear on to get started here. And then you've started to rebuild that self-trust. So that's it. That's where we're at. That's your episode this week. I think that's going to help you if you really take that information and, and use it for good. Uh, that's going to help you going into the holiday. And until then, we'll talk next week. Take care.